So I'm going to ask this question about the snow day because I, I think I love snow. And uh, the last time we had this kind of snow, I was probably the same age as you guys. I was at MTSU, uh, and I had just moved here from Alaska. And I remember it started snowing, and I was, drive, was driving on the interstate, and all these people just started, like, crashing their cars all around me, and I made it back. But I had been living in Alaska. But I still talk about, like, that snowstorm of, what would that have been, like, 2004 to this day. And I think we'll talk about what happened, you know, this past week for years to come, and it's just kind of fun. So, I'm going to ask this. What's the craziest or wildest thing you did in the snow this week? Did anybody do anything that is, like, story-worthy? Nothing? What's the, the, the best thing you did in the snow? Young man in the back, you look like you go wild and crazy. What'd you do? Um, the craziest thing was yeah. sledding. Sledding? Okay. I mean, that's not the craziest but was it like insane sledding? Or? Next to um, a place on I-24. Oh, yeah. Just like, you may have seen people out there, but I was one of them. A good job. So you had like cars zooming by you? Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah, right? Anything else? Nice, nice. My kids tried to do that. Yes. I, I know, like, I, t- I laugh because on Sunday, you know, I was planning on coming to church to teach you guys, and it started, like, icing or doing some kind of weird precipitation, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm a principal of an elementary school, so I get on the announcements all the time. I'm like, guys, yesterday was 36 degrees. We were, like, two degrees away from getting snow, but it'll happen one day. And then, like, Sunday was, like, 20 degrees and raining. It was the weirdest precipitation ever. But I just remember talking to my kids and being like, I just hope you guys get a little bit of snow. And then, you know, it just opened up. And so it's weird when you become a parent. Like, I did so much stuff. I was four-wheeling in the snow. We, we went sledding. We built snowmen. I built a snow fort that, that is still standing to, at this moment. Um, but it's just fun. Like, y'all, for the rest of your life, go out and have fun in days like this. Like, I remember I was sitting there, sun, sat Monday night, I was like, man, I, I should go into work on Tuesday and try to get some stuff done. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to seize the moment with these kids. And, and, I, I, and I think I'll never regret that. So don't ever feel like you're too old because you guys are in college or older, but you're still young enough to have fun. All right. So we're studying Ephesians, and uh, we're going to be in, like, the, the second chapter of Ephesians. And, and this chapter, I think, is very one that everybody's probably spent time on or, or is familiar with. But before we get into that, I just want to kind of talk about the idea of grace. So, so who can tell me what is grace in your own, like in your, what, how would you define the word grace? And then you can go however you want with that. Or what does grace mean to you? How would you answer that? I just, go ahead. Being forgiven for something that might be hard for to forgive. Any other thoughts about that? Yeah, I think when I think of grace, I think that like I almost kind of put it with like mercy, like getting something that you maybe don't deserve, and, and and so I think grace can look like a lot of things. Is grace important? Like when I and and I'm not just speaking like the grace God gives us. Why I gotta take this thing off so I quit sweating on my neck. Is grace important? Or, or is it helpful? What does it mean to you when you receive grace from people or from whatever? 
Why is that? Yeah. Any other thoughts about that? Have y'all ever gotten grace and, or somebody showed you grace and it really was impactful at the time? Any examples of that? Because I know with me, like, I, I, uh, I need a lot of grace. Like, I really do. Like, I, I just need grace. And, and, uh, and I think about a lot of examples of where people showed me grace in my life. And, and a lot of times, it was those times where I was kind of at my lowest point and I needed to, to kind of have somebody show me grace. But, but I think grace um, is one of the greatest gifts we can get and, and, and because it's things we don't deserve. You know, like God giving us grace... It's things we don't deserve. And I think about like small grace. Like I think we give each other grace all the time with like small things. Like, I don't know. I asked my wife, I said, Sarah, give me an example of just like small piece of grace that somebody's given you. And she was like, um, yeah, I remember having a conversation with somebody and I, and I, I was using the, a word wrong and they just ignored it. You know, that's an example of grace maybe. Like they could have said, hey, uh, you're using that word wrong. But they just kind of gave me grace. And I was like, okay, that's a good example of small grace. But when I think of grace, I think of like big times where I just needed somebody to show me love when I probably didn't need it. And I think about examples of, of, of uh, how impactful it can be. So, so I, I used to spend years, as I've shared with this class, planning a church in South Nashville. It's called Woodbine Family. Um, it's all inner city teenagers and then some littler kids. But there's no adults except for you know, about six of us. And I remember we used to borrow these vans from this, this company called Youth Encouragement Services, which was this great organization, but they were vans driven by, like, people your age, these giant vans. So every brake light was broke, every taillight was damaged, every, like, door had a, a dent in it. And when you took these vans out, you knew, like, okay, we're risking it, right? Like, something could happen. But, but they were the only vans we have. And I remember one Sunday... I had a whole van load full of kids and uh, got pulled over by a police officer for a broken taillight. And I was like, oh, guys, you know, he's going to be good. You know, like, I have all these sweet kids. We're obviously, like, going somewhere on a Sunday morning. Like, <coughs> he's going to give us grace. And I remember him pulling me out of the van and, like, there was a time where, for a moment, where I thought, okay, he may arrest me in front of all these kids. Like, it was not pretty. And it was not grace. And I keep, and I always go back to that on how impactful that was to those kids. You know, that guy, he didn't arrest me. He wanted to make sure I wasn't stealing a van. I'm like, I'm stealing a van with like 20 kids. Yeah, that's pretty wise, you know, and it's a piece of junk. But um, he could have showed me grace and it would have been a lot better, but he didn't. And it was really impactful for those kids because they looked and they were like, well, I don't trust that authority, and I don't trust that. And I think about how impactful that was for that, that group of kids in the van. Well, and then, so I have another story. Literally, a week later, I'm driving on Wednesday night, because we did Wednesday and Sunday, get pulled over by a cop in another van. This one, because the front headlight was out, the front right one. Like, in hindsight, I should have put a lot of money into these vans, because it was not wise for us to be driving. But literally, I was 22 and didn't know any better. But, so I, I, I get pulled over again. And this police officer was amazing. He was loving. You could tell he was a man that, that was a follower. And he could tell we were taking these kids to church. And he wanted those kids to be blessed. And I remember him reaching his head and being like, y'all, it's going to be all right. Let me just figure this out. 
And he asked them where they were headed to and talked about going to church. Y'all, and those kids talked about that police officer for, for, for years down the road, how impactful he was. And, and, and really the outcome that those two gentlemen did, or not the outcome, the, um, what's the word? I'm like, the thing that they did was the exact same. Like we, I got a warning up from both of them, right? I didn't get arrested. But the way they approached it was life-changing. Because I had one van of kids who, who probably don't trust police officers as much because of that one police officer. And another van who's like, wow. They were so excited to go to church and they invited this guy to come with them. Now, he did not come with us, but it was just so impactful how just showing kindness, even though you don't deserve it, how beneficial that can be. And so that was, that was the story I thought of. I, I came up with that because I thought, I don't know if anybody else will be able to off, on the spot think of like an example of somebody showing you grace and how impactful it is. But I want to give you all the chance. Do you all have an example of just like awesome grace that you've been shared and, and how that may have been eternally impactful maybe and it's okay if you don't I'll just wait a second anybody all right that's all right um, all right so as we talk about grace um, and again we're gonna jump into to Ephesians 2 I think right now grace is more important than ever before and, and and from from us from from followers of Christ I think it's more important than ever before because I don't know if y'all have watched, you know, um, but but mental health is at a at a at a difficult point right now in our world. Like as a, I, I say this over and over, like as a, as a principal, I talk to a lot of parents, and and I've had more, cr- cr- not crazy, like I'm being recorded, but not like bad, like the parents weren't crazy, but just like crazy conversations than I've ever had before in my life. Like just conversations that would have been normal and and seemed on point that just went off the deep end. And I really think like mental health is just at a tough point due to this pandemic. Like I think people are struggling and I find myself on a daily basis having the same conversation with parents, with teachers, with students. Heck, I have it with my wife. Like maybe I need to stop repeating it, but, but I just keep saying the same thing. Just show each other grace. Like show them grace. Like when I have parents call in like, I don't know how to get online and do this and that. Just show your teacher grace. They're not doing it because they don't like you. Give them some grace. And, and, and examples like that, I think grace is almost more important now than it's ever been, partly because we're living through one of the craziest times I think we ever will live through. So we're going to jump into just a little discussion on grace in the Bible. So any thoughts or comments before we start reading? Carol, you got anything? You always have great thoughts. Well, when, when I was... Video series on Sunday night church that we went to, and he talked about grace as an acrostic, God's riches at Christ's expense. Well, so that's always kind of that, that, that's always the first thing that comes to mind. That is, and that's a a great like simple. Say it again. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's super cool. It's true. You don't remember that, do you? Oh, I do. Oh, you do? Okay. No, it's and I think it's important. Like, hopefully, when when I say grace, even though we, you know, we're we didn't share examples or another, I hope you have things that come to your mind uh, of just just grace. 
of, of you receiving grace, but I think even more importantly, like giving it. Um, and I'll say this, is anybody married in here? I know the lambs are, but probably just me and the lambs. But when you get into like serious relationships or when you get married, one of the greatest things you can do for your spouse is just continually to show them grace. You know, like I, I try to, well, I, my wife does not need grace as much as me. Like I, it'd be hard to be married to me. I can tell like I just would be a tough husband. But I, my wife shows me grace all the time, and, and I'm so appreciative. It makes our marriage stronger because I know, like, if I say something that is maybe I shouldn't or, or you know, I'm not, like, a terrible guy, but, but she's going to show me grace, and I know that. And it just kind of makes us closer. So that's future advice, too. If you ever get married, like, give your spouse some grace, man. It's going to be important. All right, so we're going to read Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Um, and we're going to read it, the whole thing, and then we're going to kind of read it in chunks a little bit. Um, so do, is anybody excited to read? I can do it, or if, if somebody would volunteer, that'd be great, too. You got it, Mr. Webb? Do you mind reading? Ten, uh, two, one through ten. I was about, and I could pass this off to someone else. No, I'll get it. You're good. You're good. All right, so two, one through ten says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work with those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thought. Like the rest, we are by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by the works, so no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Man, that's a powerful piece of scripture. Like, I'm, when I was preparing this for this class, I was like, this is an easy preparation. It does it all for you. But anything stand out? When y'all hear that, does anything stand out? See, I love, don't hold things in. Like, I love what the Lamb said, that grace, what is that called, an acrostic? Is that what that's called? Acrostics, like, that was what came to their mind. Share that kind of stuff because he wrote it down. He may never forget that, you know. So y'all be willing to share. But anything stand out when you hear that? Probably something you've heard quite a bit uh, growing up if you grew up in the church. This is a, the thing that comes to my mind is that it's controversial to some people. Right. Whether we're saved by grace or works or both or whether, which one. Interesting, isn't it? I feel like it's pretty clear here, but. What do you feel like? A lot of different ways. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I'm glad you said that. Any other thoughts before I kind of piggyback on what he said? Like, I remember when I first started coming to church, you know, like a 22 or so, um, and this scripture was read, and I remember it was like that. I felt like it's a contra- controversial maybe isn't the right word for my experience, but that's a good word. It was kind of like a little battle of it. And I remember thinking, why are we arguing about this? Like, just... 
be thankful that we get grace and do a lot of good works and you're going to be all right. You know, like I, I always thought it was strange that, that there was a lot of conversation on it, but there was uh, when I first started, you know, kind of going to church. This was like a Bible. I can remember we studied this in a Bible class as a young Christian. I remember thinking, why are we spending so much time on this one scripture? Like, I feel like it's obvious, but obviously that's because there's a lot of reasons, a lot of different thoughts. So love what you had to say. Any other thoughts on this before we kind of break it apart? Is there? All right, I need to, I need to listen to that one. Good. Anything else? All right, so um, let's just go ahead and we're gonna kind of break it into three chunks. It's three different chunks. Like I look at it, it's kind of like the bad news, like the in between news, and then like the end results is kind of how this is broken up. I, I just made that up, so it probably is not true. But um, let's go ahead, and I'm going to ask some of y'all to read. So we're going to reread Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, just verse 1, 2, and 3. Um, and then I just want to kind of talk briefly about that. So somebody read that for me. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Good. Um, so, just to recap, we know like this is a, a this book is Paul is writing to a, a a young church that is in like a Roman province in Asia. So a lot of unique things going on in, in, in this area. Um, but what do you think he means when he says dead? Like he says, you know, um, you guys are dead um, in your transgressions. What is he, what's Paul talking about? That's simple, but I think it, we need to talk about it so it can hit, hit back later on. What is he talking about? Separating from God. Separating from God. Yeah. Any other thoughts? What is spirit? Yeah, spiritual debt, which which is harsh because, um, you know, a lot of these people probably had no clue and never heard of of this Jesus before this. But he talks about them being spiritually dead. Um, do you, so? Do you think what Paul saw as spiritual death is the same then as it is now? I mean, is it different? Does it matter that we're talking about you know thousands of years later or is spiritually dead? Spiritually dead? I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, man? This kid is super smart. I'm going to start calling on him like every time. He's hiding it, but he is. No, he's not hiding it. What do you think, man? Is it the same spiritually dead? Does it matter what year you lived in? Um, yeah, it does matter because, I mean, even after you die, you're, like after your body dies, your spirit is still alive. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, spiritually dead does is, is a lot different than physically dead because, I mean... You don't, I mean, you, preferably we would want to live forever. So you would like to continue to live on after our bodies are gone. So that is significant because uh, I had a thought and it was gone. You're good because if you're physically dead, but you're not spiritually dead, you're okay, right? Because you're going, you're going to live eternally. So I think I was with you. 
because we're both really smart. No, I'm just kidding. You are. Uh, listen, I thought this was interesting. Paul starts talking, and he's, he's talking about like the prince of the power of air. Is what I, I was trying to read your translation and mine at the same time. And but mine says, you know, the power of air, the prince of the power of air, the spirit that was now in works of the son of de- disobedience. What in the world is he talking about? And I think your your Bible even said it, like the the translation you had. He's talking about what? He's Satan, right? Like he's saying, like Satan is alive and is roaring in in here. And, and I think it's interesting. And I did some research. And, and at the time, it's I don't know if I would say it was like almost like Satan worshiping, like what we might think of as Satan worshiping, but. But it's kind of like that's what they were doing in this this town. Like they were, they were were focused on this, these these completely opposite from Christ ideas as you can. And and so basically, if I were to say this, all right. So we just read Ephesians. I want y'all to put in your own words. We're going to do it as a class, right? So Ephesians two one through three. He just basically what what is the how would you paraphrase that in one sentence? When in this letter, what's he saying to the people? What do you think? You're lost without me. You're lost without me. Awesome. You're lost. You're just lost, man. You're lost, and y'all are people. If you want to be like that, 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 you're going to be lost. And then they get into, like, the inception of mercy, like, and and what mercy might look like. So 2, 4 through 7. Do I got a volunteer that would be excited to read that? All right, there we go. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed by his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Awesome. So, we read that. What, what do you hear in that before I ask specific questions? Anything stand out to you? Rich in mercy, saved grace. Those seem to be the uh, repeated words. It is. It's like the. Th- I think when I look at it. So we're in Ephesians two. Like by this point, about seven, and this is the third or fourth time that Paul talks about grace. Like, and I can't think of any other letters that Paul writes where it's so focused on grace, 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 mercy, and it makes me wonder. Like, did they really need to hear that in this church? Like, I think God tells us what we really need to hear, so I wonder if that is it. Any other thoughts? Great, great idea. You mentioned spiritually dead before, and here he says that basically that they were dead until Christ saved them. Yes, so they were dead, like all of us, right? Um, do you know? So there's a big contrast between the earlier and, and four through seven. Um, how, so this is what I describe it. It's just simple. Like, I look at it like this. This is B.C. and, and, and well, whatever. Before Christ and after Christ. Like, one through three is like, all right, this is y'all before Christ, right? Like, you're lost. You're following all these, the sons of transgressions or whatever he said. And then four is kind of like, all right, but here's Christ. Now, this is with Christ. This is what life can be like. So, um, it's kind of like the alternative of, what really does not sound nice here, I, but with grace, you got it. All right, any other thoughts before we move on and kind of finish the scripture for today? Uh, it says exactly, you know, made us alive. So, mm-hmm. 
phrases in the Bible, but God made us alive. I think, well, yeah, that's one of the, those important buts in the Bible, for real. Like, and it's true. Like, he made us alive. Like, there are, I was going to make a jokes about butts, big butts, but I'm not going to do it because it's just not right. But they are. There's some big butts in the Bible, and that's one of them, you know, and that's one of my, fa- my favorites. That sounded really weird. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did you raise your hand? Can you save me? Or no, you didn't raise your hand. Shoot. No, but thank you for not naming any names. <laughs> All right. So, um, but you're right. I mean, like, it, it's such a simple, simple idea. Like, but, but I think we all have to hear it repeatedly. Like, you know, we're all lost without, without Christ. We're, we're lost, y'all. Like, I try to do it on my own all the time. Uh, but I realize without Christ, it doesn't matter. You know, I need his grace or I'm lost. So, all right, let's, let's read um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Anybody feel like jumping on that for me? I can do it. Thank you. Uh, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiworks, created in Christ Jesus, do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. Awesome. So I feel like the first two sections, oh, I didn't have you paraphrase. Young man, will you paraphrase the middle section? I, I, I can wait. If you want to think about it, you can give it to me. All right, give it to me in a second. So Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, the first two sections are, are pretty, pretty simple to understand and I feel like there's, you don't have to really dig that deep, but I feel like this next section is, you got to dig a little deeper. You know, so, so what do y'all think about this? For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Anything stand out? I know that's a generic question, but I love the things that come when y'all just share on that. It reminds me, um, I was in first service this morning, and David Young um, is going through Deuteronomy, obviously, but he said, um, don't obey God to be saved, obey God because he has already saved you, mm. um, which is kind of verse 9. Awesome. And that's a, a very spiritually mature thing, right? Like, I think about when I was a young Christian, I wanted to follow Christ so I could go to heaven, Right? Now I want to follow Christ because I love him. Like, it's just a mature, maturity thing. I kind of hear that with you. Great point. Anything else stand out from this section? Why do you think that? I think so. I, I do. It's not for us, but it could have been. Because mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, what do y'all think? Do you think um, that it's a foreign concept? Because I think about it, you've got to think of it like mankind, not like culturally, because we're talking about a whole lot of different things. But is it, is it a foreign thing to like human brains, that, that grace, I wonder? I don't know. Or if we're just so unfamiliar with it, 
mm. like conditioning of Rosie Bouchard. Yeah. I mean, it is a, a, such a broken world that I could see that. Mm -hmm. Wow. It is, I mean, because if you work, like when I think of work, I think of a job. And so, we get some, what, I'm like, do you have a part-time job or a full-time job? Uh, I did over the summer. What did you do? Uh, restoration work. Okay, so the more hours you work, the bigger your paycheck is. That's a simple way to do it, maybe. Do you get paid hourly or you owe a salary? It was, uh, it was hourly. Perfect. It so. Was, Oh, restoration work's no joke. But, yeah. but you know the, the if then, if you work more hours, you're going to have a bigger paycheck, right? Like that's kind of what we understand with work, right? But this is saying it don't matter how hard you work. So how do you make that make sense? How do y'all make that make sense? And why do you think it's in there? Why? why? That's what I always wonder. Like, why does it in there? Sorry about that. Amy Sane always texting me, man. In the middle of church. Yeah, it's true. And it's hard, isn't it? Um, what about the whole boasting idea? Dude, what, what importance does that boasting play? I think they were probably used to seeing the, the Pharisees and the synagogue leaders and, you know, who like to stand on mm -hmm. the corners and boast. And they were mm -hmm. in the scriptures. So I think they're used to that concept of well, every public building around it was adorned by the uh, adorned by the, the patrons that paid for it. It mm -hmm. was like a, it, it was a status symbol before there were uh, ridiculous cars. Yeah, they had a, maybe a building named after them. Yeah, yeah. And and I think well, and this is what I think of like. I, this is the last time I'm going to say anything about us in our church in South Nashville because I feel like I've referenced it like 18 times since I've been in here. But um, so we are, if you're familiar with Nashville, like South Nashville is like the Woodbine area. And then Brentwood literally is 15, 10 minutes away. So you have one of the poorest areas in Nashville, Woodbine, although it's changing quickly. But it, when I was there, it's pretty poor. Then you have Brentwood, Tennessee, which y'all know Brentwood is what? Like the opposite. So we were, were a it was weird. We were part of this church plant in, in Woodbine where literally every Sunday I would drive around for two hours, pick up kids, bring them to church. We'd have church worship. We'd eat a meal, drop them off. I mean, literally it's like all day. But I love these kids. Like I still am best friends with all these kids. And now they're like your age. And it feels good to think maybe I had a small impact on them. But it was a lot. And, and it was not always the most glamorous thing, you know, like I, I broke up fights regularly and I remember my first, my first event, I took a group of kids to, to the Nashville Sounds game and there was a kid named Fishstick who's my favorite kid, this like 350 pound, just huge guy who, who had like big cornrows, should be a starting like linebacker, but he didn't have much drive. But Fishstick, I'll never forget, it was free bread night. You'd think free bread night at the Nashville Sounds game. That is beautiful. Like, everybody gets a loaf of bread. Well, what do you think happened with the loaves of bread? As we're walking out and they're handing loaves of bread, I look and one of the guys is hitting another guy upside the head with a loaf of bread. And before I know it, there's a fight over loaves of bread. And I was like, that's my first youth event. I was youth minister. That's my first youth event. Like, I had a fight over, I'm sorry, I'm not bragging about that, but it was bad. But the idea is it was hard work, y'all. It was we put our blood, sweat, and tears in it. I, would, I 
one night stayed at a, an apartment from two to five because a kid had been locked out. His mom wouldn't let him in. It was below freezing. I knew if I took him home, she was going to call the police. So I let him sit in my car and we just slept in this parking lot. Stuff like that happened regularly. But I did it because I loved those kids and because I loved Jesus. But I saw something happening. So we were going to Brentwood Hills as well. One, because they were funding the church. Two, because I loved the people there. So we still had our, our church family there. So it's kind of like we got fed spiritually at Brentwood Hills, and we went and fed at Woodbine Family. Does that make sense? Like, it was a good, good system. But what would happen is every time we'd go to church at Brentwood Hills after a certain part, people knew what we were doing, and it was a cool thing. And it was like we just got built up. Like, I'd come in and people would be like, oh, Adam, man, I saw that, that post you put about your kids, and, and how many people, you took 40 people to Woodbine, and, and it was like, Every time I'd go, I felt like I was getting, like, pumped up. And, and I began, I'll be honest, I began after a point when I was planning events to be like, all right, what event is going to look the best? And what event is going to get me, this sounds really selfish, but I'm being real. What event is going to give me the most pats on the back? And it was almost like my, uh, my pride was over, was just kind of killing it, and I just wanted to, to, you know, I don't know, I wanted to, to be patted on the back more than I cared if those kids were getting Jesus. And that's a terrible thing. But I think there's an element of boasting to that. Like when we get pumped up, we like to get pumped up. And so I think that's why this is in here. Like, yo, it's not works because we don't need y'all to be trying to prove each other that you're the best. Hey, you're the best Christian because you built a house. But he built a boat, so he's even better. You know, like, I think it was just, a way of saying, hey, it doesn't matter. But it's still kind of confusing. So, I'm sorry, I just rambled for a long time. Anything, anybody have anything they want to say? Yes, what is it? What's paraphrase number two? Gotcha. Love it. Hold it. you got to close class with that, so you got to keep it to yourself. I may do this every time you're in class and be like, you're going to parrot. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but hold on to that. So, um, do you, any thoughts about like boasting, interfering with faith walks or anything? Why is this important? Why do you think this section is in here? That reminds me of the Bob Goff quote, which is where an undershirt that says I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah. It means I see it. Yes. It's true. I'm going to do that. I got one right now. Um, that's funny. Do you guys like to be noticed when you're doing good, when you're being impressive? I do. Yeah, right? So I think there's an element of like, listen, like, just, you, you're not, here's how I look at it. Like, we're not worthy of God's grace. None of us are. Like, we didn't earn Jesus being sent to earth for us. But God gave, gave us that. And so I should want to work my, my backside off for God no matter what. It shouldn't matter what you guys see. It shouldn't matter what anybody sees. Like, I should want to do work for God knowing that that has nothing to do with my salvation. I can't work my way into to heaven. It took Jesus but man, I love Jesus so much that I'm going to work my way, I don't know, to make sure that more people know about him, if that makes sense. So, um, all right, any other thoughts? Wasn't also a verse that says, uh, it's like the works that you do in public, mm. the works that you do in private, you'll be rewarded in heaven. Yes. What, what's acknowledged by man, that that's the reward you get? Yes. I can't remember I think it's, I know exactly, it's somewhere in Matthew, but... Uh, and he's right. It's basically like, do not do these works to be noticed here on earth. Your payment is in heaven. Or, or you know, it's kind of like the opposite. Like, 
Well, if you want to do it for your payment here on earth, and then you're going to get it here on earth. Like, you'll get paid for it here on earth. But, but that's not what we want. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, it, it's very important that, that, that we're not doing these things to look good. Like, it, we should all be serving others on a daily basis. In fact, um, hold me to it. Like, we, every, every morning, do a VeggieTales Bible study at my house. And there's this little book, it's one page, it's great. Like you get one page of just like this great information from like Larry the, two, what is he, Larry the cucumber. cucumber, yeah. You guys have the same book. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, but the last week's, or yesterday's thing was like, it was so impactful. It, it said this like, God has given you things that you enjoy, that you're talented in, so that you can bless others with that talent and the things you enjoy. And I and I'd, I'd thought about that before. It's good for my kids, but it's better for me. Like, yeah, I've always thought about that. Like, God's given me some talents, and I so I try to use the talents God's given me to help His kingdom. But but a thing I never really thought about is God's given me a lot of things I enjoy as well. And, and and one of the reasons He gave us those things that we enjoy is so that we can advance His kingdom on on earth, right? Like, and I never really thought about that. Like the talent, the things that you really want to put your time in, those are opportunities to reach others. Like. I'm a nerd. Like, I have bees, although I don't know if they're going to survive, y'all. They're, I think they may be dead right now because of this winter. I'm for real. They're very finicky. But I raise bees. Weird hobby. But there's like a beekeeper's club. Like, that's a weird thing that I enjoy, but that's an opportunity for me to reach others in this nerdy beekeeping club, right? Like, God gave me that, that passion, so I should use it not just to enjoy raising bees, but to reach others. Does that make sense? Kind of random, but that's all right. Um, all right. <clears throat> Thank you. Will you read it from Matthew 6? Do you have it open? Uh-huh. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, or you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, so I think, and, and what's your name again, ma'am? Austin. Austin's going to paraphrase it at the end. We're, we're going to wrap up, but, but here's what I think. Like, Ephesians, all of this gives me a lot of thoughts, a lot of thoughts that I don't really understand, but then I feel like 10 is one of the most beautiful pieces of Scripture there is, and it kind of answers it all, or it kind of just makes everything make sense. So I'm just going to read it. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, just like Larry the Cucumber said. Uh, but for real, that is beautiful. Y'all, we are... No matter all this debate about, like, because I can remember, like he said, there's like controversy sometimes about grace not works, works not. Who cares? We're God's handiwork. We're created to do good works. Do it. You know, I feel like it's that simple. So, how are you going to paraphrase the last one? Give me the first one, the first section. The first one is, uh, you were lost without Christ. We're lost without Christ. And Ephesians kind of 4 through 7. God revives, and then 8 through 10. He gives us purpose and restores us to the works that he's prepared for us. Boom. Like, we, me and you, we're going to go on tour and we'll just start doing this. Like, that's great. So, y'all, um, yeah, it, it's all, we're God's handiwork to, and created to do great things. So think about that. Like, that really was beneficial to me, that simple, like, VeggieTales thing. Like, re- realize that God put a whole lot of awesome things into your heads. Like, you guys... And I always say this about, like, this age group is my favorite. That's why I like to teach it, because y'all are really smart. 
like smarter than I was in college age because I feel like you just have more information available. But I feel like it gives you the opportunity to, to have these cool talents or these cool interests. Realize God gave you those so that you can impact his kingdom on earth. Like God made you talented in things so that you can impact others. So do it and, and just realize like we can't earn it. And who wants to earn it? Christ earned it, right? So go be awesome. All right. I'm going to close in prayer. I appreciate y'all. And uh, have a good rest of your day. All right. Father God, we thank you for today. I just thank you for this group of guys and girls. I just pray that you help them to know how awesome they are, God, that they're beautifully and wonderfully made and help them to go um, just use their talents and their gifts to, to bless others. Um, I just pray that you just keep us safe as there's still ice on the roads, God. Help everybody get home safely from church. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all.